This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. And the further in we get to these, the more what we've seen Mm -hmm. is splitting, which I'm like, yes. And Willis. I was trying to go with some kind of like orchard metaphor, but I don't know what a person who runs an orchard is called. (laughs) Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Welcome back, dear listeners. Today is May 26th, 2022. Yeah. And I'm here with my good man, Josh. Yes. And today we're going to do something special. Today is a Megapixels episode. It sure is. And um, let's start off before we get into what we're Megapixeling, if that's a... Sure. It is uh, now. Yeah. Josh, hit us with uh hit us with what's coming out this weekend. Uh or tomorrow. What's what's happening tomorrow that's important? Yeah. So some really important stuff is dropping this weekend, both theatrically and on streaming. Uh we're gonna start off with what's coming to theaters near you. The first thing, which the biggest thing, which you've definitely seen the trailers for multiple times at this point. Top Gun Maverick is finally, finally dropping on, oh, oh, who knows, in the next 24 hours it might get pushed. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, but it is it is uh, dropping on Friday. So we finally get to see the sequel to Top Gun that nobody really asked for, but it's here and I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah. So definitely see it in, on the biggest screen possible because that's what it's is only the, been coming for like three years now only this was originally slated for like 19 i think yeah we've only seen like the first cut of the trailer for the past three years so you know (laughs) um so that's the first thing coming to theaters we've also got bob's burgers the movie another film that i'm like i love bob's burgers but i didn't know yeah no you know (laughs) i'm amazed that this is theatrical you that would have seen seemed something that was primed to be streamed yeah, but people are going are definitely going to see it. I've heard from a yeah. number of my friends. They're like, I love this. I'm going to see it. I'm like, that's good. At least you're going to see something in the theater. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for theaters. But for streaming, we've got two huge releases dropping yeah. on two different streaming services. Number one, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus dropping on Friday. Tomorrow. It's which- coming. I mean, two episodes, right? Has to be, yeah, two episodes dropping. And I mean, I'm excited. This is the most excited I've been for a Star Wars property since like The Force Awakens, I think, probably. Yeah. Like it's, it has me. Um, Bracing myself for it, just tying into the Mandalorian at the end. You're like, oh, there he is. There's Grogu. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So so that's coming. Oh, God. uh, That's feasible, isn't it? That timeline's, oh, no. It is. It is. So we're not going to think about that just yet. The other thing, on the other out thing tomorrow. Uh, coming out tomorrow is Stranger Things season four is also dropping, I believe, in its entirety, all in, all at once on Netflix. Yeah, and this is kind of like the last hurrah for for Netflix on their their major properties that people are yeah. looking forward to. I mean, I can't think of another one that has this. The much only of other a, thing I have in my head is the Umbrella Academy, which dropped a trailer true. the other day that I'm like, I'm still hyped for that. Yeah, that's a totally. pretty solid show. But yeah, totally. this is this this is their tent pole. This is yeah. like you say name a Netflix show and most people I bet are going to go to Stranger Things first. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because I've had kind of those eras House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Stranger yeah. Things and uh, I mean all the Marvel stuff like Yeah. 
There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of Netflix content out there. It's crazy. I know. And they're dropping the ball right now. So we'll we'll yep. see how Stranger Things season four goes, what they've got in the barrel coming up. Um but that's I'm pretty really much intrigued. I I wanna look up and see um who was in the May twenty seventh slot first. It was Stranger Things, I believe. Was it? Because I think Kenobi moved their stuff. And Disney to- was just like, we could take on Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Which in the day, in the time of streaming, does it matter? Like right. you could watch Kenobi and then watch Stranger Things. Well, especially if you're going to drop all of Stranger Things at the same at once. I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. going to knock out my two episodes of Kenobi and right. hop on over to Stranger Things. Exactly. And I wonder if the, either one of them is going to release numbers on like how many people viewed each one. I don't. Yeah. They, I doubt they will. It's probably internal. But I'm like, that's well. That's they'll probably do their Netflix at least will do their hours streamed. Uh, True. Hit point or whatever it is. True. But. Unless it doesn't make a dent, and then like the ah, you know, it did nah. well. It did well. So <laughs> yeah. nobody watched Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's what's coming tomorrow, folks. Lots of good Top stuff. Top Mavericks. Bob's Burgers the movie kenobi and stranger things yeah interesting slate interesting (laughs) popcorn stuff (laughs) popcorn yeah we're we're firmly into popcorn season now (laughs) yeah so in that interest uh and kind of in honor of top gun maverick josh and i this week are as we said doing another megapixels episode those of you who haven't listened to a megapixels episode before it entails us taking a prompt of some kind and Making a top five list, usually yeah. usually with a couple of um, runners up. Uh, I think this week we're going to do two runners up ones that like, yeah, we like fits there, but not as much as the other ones we have. Um, so I guess it's technically a top seven, but that sounds weird. <laughs> True. So uh, our prompt this week is films that are ripe to be picked by the franchise world i don't i don't have a noun there um sure sure i was trying to go with some kind of like orchard metaphor um but i don't know what a person who <laughs> runs an orchard is called <laughs> farmers i don't know i guess farmer yeah orchardist <laughs> sure. um yeah so oh god <laughs> to bring it back this is gonna get weird i'll uh, feel a good start yeah films that are primed and ready to become franchises in their own capacity. The ones that yeah. the examples we sort of go off of are things like Jumanji, where it was like, here's a movie from a while ago mm-hmm. that has the potential to be something more. And like, Oh look now it's like, I think we're going coming up on the third Jumanji movie, you know, and there's like a thousand different examples out there. We won't go into all of them, but that's what we're going to, we're going to break down. We're going to do two runners yeah. up. We're going to start with two runners up because in all honesty, we couldn't choose between two number sixes. So yeah. it's number six, number six, number five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> yes. Um, there long lists on these guys. It's yes. it's simple on paper. And then you really think about it and it becomes a lot less simple. And then you simple. look down and you have a list of 35 movies that you're like, <laughs> how do I even begin? Yeah. How do these I? These are all my number ones. What is my number two? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what I want. And now <laughs> just give me these. Give me these. Yes. So that's yes. what we're going to do. Megapixels, y'all. We're into it. Yeah. Let's do it. See, here we go. This is the moment. Again, this happens every megapixels where I go, wait, are we doing the snake technique? <laughs> I knew it. 
I think so. Like literally we plan for these for weeks. And then in the moment I'm like, oh. Mid recording. Yeah. Um, I think we should do snake. Yeah. Let's go back and forth on our runners up. Sure. Runners up. We did this last episode too. Runners Runners up. We totally did this last episode. We need to like take notes. Um. Then anyway. it wouldn't be as authentic. We're figuring it so, out, you know. Yes, Josh, you hit me. Hit me with your first. Hit, oh God, hit me with your second runner up. Yes, and then I'll I go, s- and then you'll go, and then I'll go, and then we'll go into five. Yes. <laughs> uh, so my two runners up are definitely the newest movies in my entire list here. Uh, the oh, first one is yeah. The first one is one that we've talked about at weirdly a lot a lot of length on this podcast and it's doug lyman's jumper which um is a movie that i'm kind of surprised and also not surprised that they didn't make uh at least a sequel to just because it didn't perform super well nobody really cared about it they thought it was stupid but i it's one of those movies that hit me at a very pivotal point in my life where i was seeing a lot of blockbusters in theaters and it's Mm -hmm. one of those films that I not only think that the story could be expanded on more in an interesting way, but I just want to see more of this world. I want to see more of this war that's going on between the Jumpers and the Paladins. I want to see what happens to Samuel L. Jackson and Hayden Christensen. And um, I just think that it would be a really fun time and you don't have to take it too seriously. That's another thing. There's a couple movies on my list that you do have to take more seriously, Mm -hmm. but this is pure popcorn nonsense and I had a lot of fun with the with the first movie, and I would have a lot of fun with subsequent films as well, prequels or sequels or whatnot, starring Hayden Christensen or not. I think that it's just something that I would be very much interested in seeing. Now, yeah. I don't know that anybody else would be, so it's probably never going to happen, but it's one of those movies for me. For I, sure. I so, think that feeds itself pretty, pretty strongly into the concept of a uh, a franchise, yeah. Yeah, especially with superheroes being all the rage right now. Yeah, it's, powers, you know. Makes sense. Um, could tie it into a multiverse somehow. Yeah, somehow. It's it's all in there. Uh, so yeah, Jumper is my first runner-up, or second runner-up, I guess. Uh, yes. What is your second runner-up, Willis? So my second runner-up is one that um, is a movie I saw a long time ago that has always just kind of stuck with me that was completely overshadowed. Um, and I'll get a little mm. bit more into it in, in a second. But it's a movie from 1999 called the 13th floor Ooh, i've never heard have you ever heard of this movie okay not a lot of people have the concept is uh it's 1999 these guys have created a virtual reality simulation that you can go into and it's like 1938 or 37 or something about that and like you know they go in and it's all like a simulation it's all ai characters and things like that yeah. And they go into this computer program and go and like fuck around and like, you know, um, shit up and like download into this world that then it turns out like over the course of the movie, they realize that like these aren't just like simulations, like these characters are like living and like not living, but like are sentient and like have mm. are living their lives when they're not in the program. Mm-hmm. And it grows in this whole thing of like, it's like a moral dilemma of are these people real or is this just numbers in a computer? I gotcha. And the reason no one's ever heard of it and that it's so overshadows is because it came out on May 28th, 1999. 
Uh, and earlier that year, on March 31st, a small movie came out called The Matrix. <laughs> Ever heard of it? Side by side is almost the identical like premise. It's like it faces the other direction, but it's like, yep, everybody's in a simulation. Yeah, just like poor yeah. timing for the yeah. 13th floor. But the concept, and I guess we said spoilers at the top, um, but if you yeah. haven't seen this, I don't want to super spoil it, but like there's more going on than just there's people in this simulation. Mm, okay. And it ends on this thing that you go, wait. There's so much more meat to experiment with there that I'm okay. like, I want this. I want three more of these movies. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm like, you could. Yeah. It's very, it's also very, the thing that originally made me like revisit this movie is uh, Westworld. Yeah. The show. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to that kind of thing where it's like, here's like a simulation of like the thirties, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that's what I thought it was. Westworld was originally based on. And I was like, oh, I put. but anyway. Oh, OK. That's yeah. my second runner up. That's one that I'm like, yeah, I, I, I would watch the shit out of a 13th floor. Uh, yeah. Franchise. But like, never going to happen. Right. People, be like, this, right. people are going to be like, this is a Matrix knockoff. You're just trying to capitalize on the Matrix. Right. So. Now, I wonder which one was written first. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Because it's very interesting. I've it's also The Matrix is a much better movie. I will put that out sure. there. Sure. Um, but <laughs> more groundbreaking, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, you know. Um, I gotcha. Okay. So let's let's jump back to you, Josh. What is your first runner up? So my first runner up, I'm cheating here because I'm going to do two movies paired together, but I think they're kind of partner movies in a okay. sense. Um, and they are both Nolan films and it's both Inception and Tenet because I think that both of these movies, Mm. now I don't Mm. know if they deserve to have Nolan do a secondary movie, but I was thinking of filmmakers that could potentially do this. I would think that like somebody doing an Inception follow-up or a Tenet follow-up could be like Villeneuve or Matt Reeves or even like Catherine Bigelow. Like there's filmmakers that can rein in the ideas more. Like Nolan's an ideas guy, but he doesn't necessarily know how to land the plane every time. And these are filmmakers who land the plane kind of perfectly when they come, when, especially when they're dealing with big picture uh, ideas. I think these are the two of the only movies from Nolan where I genuinely want to go back into the world and see more because there's so much that's not explained. Like we could do prequels or sequels to either Tenet or Inception and I would be all in because, and I get it. He wants you to make up your own story and figure out how you want it to go. And as is all Nolan movies like Memento, um, he wants you to kind of, do it yourself. Yeah. But I want more. Like yeah. Tenet, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it because I don't know if I can spoil it. It's so confusing. I've seen yeah. it twice now and I'm just baffled every time. I want more of this story between the protagonist and Robert Pattinson's character and Aaron Taylor Johnson's character as they know mm-hmm. each other and have been going back and forth in this kind of like dance for the past who knows how long. Like that's yeah. what they've told us towards the end is like this has been going on for so long and we've had lifetimes worth of journeys together. And I'm like this, I, I, I like the world building and I want to see yeah. more. And I think that even if it's not the character of Cobb from Inception or it's just like kind of the the creation of this technology or I don't I don't even want to know if if he if it was a dream or not at the end of Inception. That's not what I'm after. I'm after yeah. more of this 
dream heist stuff. Like well, that's, that's what I like. With you Inception, know? it's like that story of Cobb and whatnot is complete. Yeah. But there's so it's such a potent potential world. Yeah. That I'm exactly yeah, I'm with you on that. That's a great pick. Yeah, so, um, and I'm just, it's weird, because I don't think Nolan should be the one to do these, and uh, weirdly enough, apart from the uh, apart from um, the Dark Knight trilogy, like, he doesn't do, he makes one-offs, that's what he yeah. does, it's his deal, and for the most part, I think they work really well, I mean, there's story issues here and there, but yeah. I, uh, these are the two that I'm like, I, I just want to see more, because it's so cool, especially the way that he's built not just the world, but the technologies within these worlds that are just yeah. so you don't really understand because there's nothing to understand. It's just feeling. It's just it's vibes. It's pure fantasy, but it's like yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. so so yeah. So again, cheating. Tenant Inception as a pair. I would love to see either one of those made into some kind of a prequel, sequel, and not directed or written by Nolan at all. Sure. I <laughs> so. uh, I toyed with Interstellar a little bit making my list. Yeah, and I'm like. Yeah, there is more story there, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, I don't know how like Interstellar is so big that I'm like, I don't know how much I want to dig in. But you could go into the time where they were on the pl- the water planet. Yeah. And the scientist is back on the ship. You could just oh, do a man. movie of his experience like on the ship. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or his daughter trying to find him for like 80 years. Yeah. Like there's so much there that you you could easily do. And again, Nolan's an ideas guy, so I don't think he should be the one to spearhead these efforts. But really interesting. He, he has that some That could good, be a subgenre on its own of yeah. movies that are based off of Christopher Nolan's <laughs> ideas <laughs> exactly. and executed by other filmmakers. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So um, so yeah, Tenet Inception, that's my my runner-up number one. What is your number one here, Willis? My runner-up number one is a movie. It's interesting we just mentioned Moon because now I'm like, ooh, Moon. But it's another movie yep. by Duncan Jones called mm-hmm. Source Code. Yes. Source Code is one of those movies that I really liked. I think it's a well-done movie. Like I toyed with this one, it, yeah. It builds like a, a decent amount of like intrigue, mm-hmm. but like the last five minutes of it throws you into like a whole bigger world Mm -hmm. so like i mean i guess if you see we can spoil source code it's you know yeah 12 years old at this point 11 years old at this point (laughs) um but basically the concept of source code is that you can send somebody into the last eight minutes of their life of someone else's life and like they're trying to figure out who blew up a train yeah and like jake gyllenhaal is trying to figure it out but the whole time they're like, you can't change the past. You can't change the past. You can't change the past. You idiot. You can't change the past. Yeah. And then at the last second, he saves the train and the world keeps going on. And it's like revealed that like, oh, he's created like an alternate reality, mm-hmm. which is what the source code can do. And I'm like, the implications of that are boggling. Endless. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't even know what like I was thinking. I'm like, do I want Jalen Hall in this? And I'm like, kind of. Yeah, I do. Like. But you could, you could build this off of anything, man. Like, yeah, this one, this one stands in my runner up because I toyed a ton with it, but I, I want it, but I almost want it as a TV show. Yeah. A source code TV show would be pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. High production value. Yeah. Good. Some really good actors. Yeah. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, I mean, you know, you're looking at Jake Gyllenhaal, Michelle Moynihan and, uh, Vera Famig- Famig- Famigla, whose last name I've never said correctly. Um, 
HBO could pull that off. Netflix could pull Easy. that off. Yeah. So yeah. that's my second runner up. It's a good one. That's a, yeah, that's, that's I, that was, so before we get into our top five, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. what were your credentials for what is franchisable here? Cause we've touched on a couple things of like, here's like a larger world in play at play here. There's like mm-hmm. an idea or like what were, when you were going through this, what were you kind of looking at that was like, well, this is what's going to do it or not do it for me. Well, so it kind of depended on the project, but a lot of things were like one unfinished stories that weren't necessarily mm-hmm. left off on a way that s- like screamed, make your own ending up more of like a, this could lead to something bigger. I think movies that are standalone, but the way that they're created and it's so hard to talk about this because there's specific like anthology type of films that I've picked here too that are just ripe for why didn't you do another one of these things yeah. and then just movies that I enjoyed the premise so much that and this is not a knock against the movies obviously but are easily repeatable in a way that I would find really enjoyable mm-hmm. like capers or cop movies or there's really specific genres that I'm like this specific movie could be done again with these people and yeah. I would still enjoy it, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But it kind of depended per project because they're not, all of them are wildly different. Um, yeah. What about you? Well, I had a, a few different things in my head. The biggest thing I think for me was world building where it's like, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. threw away your main characters, could you still find another story to tell here? Totally. You know, which I think is one of the things that's like, yeah, like a difference between just like a couple sequels or something and like a franchise like a true franchise yeah yeah like because there there were a couple on my list uh that i was like i desperately want a sequel to this yeah i in no way want a third one Mm, okay and i think i I, i'm hoping i'm not spoiling one of yours here but like the one that i think of is the professional like i desperately yeah want a professional sequel with natalie portman and like that is like prime perfect like give it to me do not under any circumstances give me a third professional. Movie. No, why would you? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, it's prime for a sequel, but we don't need four. Like yep. we don't need to keep going. So mm-hmm. world building, how much more of it I want mm-hmm. was a big thing. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then just, yeah, those were, I guess those were my two big things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you want to do your number five first or should I do my number five first? Why don't you do your number five first? Okay. I'm very curious. We have to get this out of the way because I'm super embarrassed by it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you a hint. You ready? I have had this on a megapixels list before. Oh. I You don't have to guess. I don't know why I'm like say, framing it up like that. <laughs> so my number five, and I can't, I'm so ashamed. Just say it. But my number five is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. oh man this movie has this concept and for those that haven't listened to our worst superhero movies of all time megapixels Mm -hmm. um the league of extraordinary gentlemen is basically a collection of literary characters that come together to fight crime basically it's like literary adventures Mm -hmm. um the potential for this is so amazing yeah because it's literally like if you a if you did like the original cast of like the Invisible Man and Dracula and Dorian Gray and Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and Alan Quartermain and like that has potential to be really cool, but like if you expand it to like any literary character and or expand it to like 
let's do pop culture characters. Yeah. You know, like there, I, I think I mentioned on the other podcast, there is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 84, which is Doc Brown. Um, oh man, see, I knew, I was like, you should write this down. <laughs> and then it's, um, Lisa from Weird Science. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it's 80s pop culture is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and you can just like iterate across that. You could make so many and you could pull in anyone. And the reason this is my number five is because I think it's really intriguing. I'm also horrified because this, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was a Fox movie. It's mm-hmm. a 20th century Fox movie. So it's now owned by Disney. Oh boy. Which means, <laughs> which means you could use this, you could use this concept as a vehicle to put Luke Skywalker, Iron Man, and Buzz Lightyear in a movie together, which is horrifying. Oh Lord. Oh man. <laughs> Absolutely horrifying. And like, uh, that is the antithesis of like franchise. That is like, yeah, literally franchises as a whole jumping the shark. Yeah. It's not hard to like, consider disney doing that especially if you're like oh yeah you could also like put any of their back catalog anything Anything. oh god yeah yeah anything you could put jewels from pulp fiction next to aladdin (laughs) it's like the con like it's a vehicle that you can just be like yep anything we have the rights to it's a similar kind of thing of um ready player one of like yeah like all this stuff so properties yeah I really, really want it. And I think I read this just the other day. There's in talks to do a Hulu movie of it. Mm. They are like just renewed like last past couple weeks, which I'm like, oh, okay. Movie, um, not show? Movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want it, but I want it. <laughs> that's, that's going to be a big theme of a lot of it, these movies. It has the potential to be so fantastic, but like yeah. it's, but for like a feather's weight on the scale that it's going to tip into right chaos. So chaos and just like complete marketing, like, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Just bullshit yeah. that. Yeah. You want to talk all Space that Jam bullshit. <laughs> well, all, Space Jam, uh, Chippendale and basically what yeah. everyone thought Multiverse of Madness was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, you know fan service I mean? to the. It's like, oh yeah, here, it's here's Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider yeah. fighting next to you know. Can't even think of anybody now. Lightning McCoy, Lightning McCoy from Cars. I don't Lightning know. McQueen. McQueen McCoy McCoy. I think McQueen, McCoy yeah. was McCoy one of the cars. It doesn't matter, but yes, I, I know. know. What you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Two wow. megapixels episodes. This is coming on. Very I have a weird fixation on this movie. Hmm. And I found but. that, um, especially for these Megapixels episodes, a lot of our recommendations or like movies we've talked about, like I, I bring up again because I'm like, well, these are the ones that I recommended and are mm-hmm. meaningful to me. So, of course, then I'm going to keep bringing them up over and over again. So I guess that'll We should go, do a Megapixels of like top five movies that we've never seen from our favorite directors. Ooh, that would be good. It would force us to watch. A We'd lot have of- to like plan it like two months in advance. So we're like, True. okay, yeah. True. <laughs> Let me dug it, dig into Duncan Jones's World of right. Warcraft movie or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. Um, so that brings so, us to your number five, Josh. So that brings, okay, so we're doing like that. So my number five yes. here. So this is a movie that we have spoken about briefly before uh, by a filmmaker who I've spoken about lovingly who goes by the name of Edgar Wright. And it's my favorite of his Cornetto 
films, which is a tri- technically it's a like a spiritual trilogy, but I'm yeah. not considering that a franchise. Some people do. I don't think it's a franchise. No, I um, yeah. That's but it's hot sell. fuzz because I of the three movies, this is the one that I'm like, give me more of Sergeant Angel and Butterman. Yeah. Like, give me more of these two guys because of all three of them, their chemistry just works in a way that I think would just strike yeah. gold every time. Like, it's just so funny, but also the way that Edgar is able to craft this story that isn't just comedy. Because people are like, oh, he's you know Scott Pilgrim dude. He does like the yeah. kind of wacky stuff, Shaun of the Dead. He blends horror and comedy in such a way Beautiful. and thriller yeah. is so well that you almost don't know that it's happening. And, the you know, if you've never seen Last Night in Soho, which is his straight up pretty much like horror thriller yeah. movie. Like it, during that movie, I almost wanted him to go into like the comedic stuff because he's mm-hmm. so good at merging those two things. And Hot Fuzz is kind of like the is the yeah. um it's the perfect uh, melding of those two ideas. If you don't know, this movie basically follows Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, as it does all of his uh, Cornetto films, yeah. and um, they're both police officers. Pegg is a uh, an officer from London who gets transferred to a small town because he's basically so good at his job that he's making the department look bad. So they're like, we have to send you to a town where like you can, you don't have anything to do yeah, essentially. The safest, the safest village yeah. in London or in <laughs> yeah. England. Yeah. And of course he, he digs up conspiracy and mystery yeah. and death and all of this great stuff. And it's not only a really funny movie, but it's also really compelling and you're not a hundred percent sure where it's going to land. And by the end you're like, Oh damn. Okay. This is yeah. not, exactly where i thought this was gonna go um and i don't think that he would have he would he should recreate this exact formula but i think putting these two characters in any number of different situations is just ripe for comedy mm-hmm. and i just I, I go back to this movie this is the only one of the three that i own on dvd and i go back yeah. to it every single year because so i just good. love it so much it's it's wonderful um the really cool thing uh, if i can interject yeah. just the cool thing about this is Given um, Sergeant Butterman's like love of movies, yeah, you can like Hot Fuzz <laughs> is very built around Bad Boys Two and yeah. Point Break, <laughs> yeah. and you could just build these things around like another set of movies, and like yeah. it could be an entirely different experience just because Sergeant Butterman is like yeah. been watching you know <laughs> something else. Yeah, it's so true. I didn't even think about it like that, but it's it's so he true. He got into the Fast and the Furious franchise, so now it's all like car chases. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, oh like, my yeah. God. How have they not, and I get it, I think this is one of those movies that while I would love to see a sequel or subsequent sequels, I don't know that I want them because this yeah. as a trilogy works so perfectly and I wouldn't want to touch Edgar Wright's like thing and just be yeah. like, this is its own thing. And I, and I, I appreciate it and I love it, but man, I was like, how did they not do a second one of these? It's just, yeah. it's so perfect. It's so funny. And all of the little tiny, um, like cameos that you can find sprinkled throughout. There are people in this movie. I'm not going to spoil it. Movie. Yeah. You, that you would never think are in this film. It's, it's genius. And Edgar Wright is genius. And I just love this movie so much. So it's my number pretty much five, like every British actor. Yeah, it, it literally like from every from every tier, like yeah. top tier, bottom tier, every single person is in this movie. It's so good. And it's because they love Edgar Wright, because obviously he's a world class filmmaker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my number five is possibly a franchise to 2007 Hot Fuzz by Edgar Wright. Nice. Excellent. 
So we're going to go on to your number four then? Yes. Or do you want to just come back to my number? Let, let's, go, let's, let's go back and forth. I think that All makes right. more sense. Cool. We're throwing out the plan. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number four is one that I kind of just thought of randomly and wrote down. And like, I feel mm. like I have one of these every megapixels that I'm just like, and it just kept staying on the list. Yeah. You know, I kept putting it up against other people, other movies. And I was like, no, I want this more. Yeah. Um, and that is a movie from 2017. This is my most Ooh. recent film. Damn. Uh, it's a film called Colossal starring Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I don't think I've seen this. Oh. So this is this one. It's weird. And it's at my number four because I'm like, it's a weird thing to build a franchise around. But it's an indie movie. It's distributed by Neon. Oh, I know this movie. And it's <laughs> Anne Hathaway basically is like an, an alcoholic who is having a really hard time and realizes that like when basically realizes that there are these huge kaiju attacking South Korea that she's controlling. It's, <laughs> it's like so it's, the, the kaiju is just like literally exactly mimicking her movements as she's doing them on the other side of the planet. And it turns into this whole thing of like her trying to like come to terms with like this being part of her. And like, it's like, you know, there's a hilarious thing where she's like, all right, I'm going to go stand in the spot at 8 PM and I'm going to like put my hand on my head and like scratch my head. And then like the news reports the next morning show this giant monster in South Korea and it's like scratching its head. And she's like, oh, my God. And it's like <laughs> her trying to process this thing that she's like killing a ton of people on the other side yeah. of the world. Jason Sudeikis comes in and basically like is a friend, but also maybe not so much a friend. And like it turns into this whole thing. And it's just it's it's one of those things that builds this world where it's like, yep. There's a world where monsters are just mimicking what people do and it yeah. can be anybody. <laughs> and it's like the, this kind of thing that could build up. And I'm like, I want Anne Hathaway back for it. Sure. Just to like, you know, and it doesn't have to be something where she's in all of them. But I'm like, this is a concept of like, here's monsters that are human. Yeah. Like the metaphor fucking writes itself. Right. Um, but your actions like lead and your to actions have consequences. legitimate huge consequences. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, like like I said, she's an alcoholic in it. And, you know, a lot of it is her trying to deal with her sobriety and things like that. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of potential for, like, you know, tying this around to other kind of issues that people have in their lives, you know. And yeah. Like dealing with, like, intense emotion and, and things like that. So it's, totally. it's a really indie movie. Like, so I, I can't see any kind of real studio being like, you know what we need to make four of? Like, colossal. <laughs> movie no one's heard of <laughs> the only the like the only argument i could make was like oh if this is in like the same like studio system as pacific rim and like dude if, yeah. it, if it's in warner brothers basically it could be like a really hilarious addition to like a monster universe you know like right colossal versus godzilla or something like that yeah um, well, well and if they not, don't and if yeah. they don't cost like insane amounts of money like if this was like a 30 to 40 million dollar movie like that's not as big as like a 150 dollar yeah. movie or 150 million yeah, if movie they kept that you it recreate. centered around like here's yeah the human issue and it's just expanded on like how on earth are these monsters being created it explains it to a degree in the film but like yeah it's kind of like a we have to say something so like sure this is what happened totally um, 
but it conjures like a oh if that's possible like let's explore that yeah let's see what happens that's um, mm, i gotta check this out it's that movie's be, uh, really young young if you have you you haven't seen it i've no i have not seen it um you, you'll really enjoy it all right so that's my number four uh let's pop it over to your number four Yes, my number yes. four here should come as no surprise. It's a movie that I've talked again at length about on this podcast. It's one of my favorites, a movie that I own on DVD and digitally. Uh, it's a 2009 film called District 9 uh, by Neil Blomkamp, which I was certain was getting a sequel. And mm-hmm. it never happened. And I think it was because, for whatever reason, Hollywood stopped caring about Neil Blomkamp. There was about yep. a five-year period where this guy could do anything. I mean, he had yeah. three movies come out that were all massive critical and financial successes, and then he just stopped. Yep. And I don't know. He was set to make an Alien series. Well, that's, I, that's my instinct is like he got derailed from Alien. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he was set to make an Alien, and then uh, Ridley Scott was like, no, I want to make Alien. I know. And I'm like... I get it, Ridley, and, like, Prometheus is fine, like, whatever, yeah. but, like, yeah, so he was set to do that, he was at talks to do a Halo show, movie, like, he was, he had sci-fi in the palm of his hand for a little bit, yeah. and District 9 is a movie, like I've said before, is basically centers around a world where, in the 1980s, aliens landed on Earth, and we, they landed in South Africa, and we basically segregated them and pushed them into a, a, a camp called District 9, where they lived up until present day, essentially, and it's a really interesting film that deals with race relations, uh, financial disparity, a lot of different things, especially yeah. to do with South Africa and apartheid and a lot of a lot of that like kind of heavy hitting context. Yeah. But the movie itself is a really, really heartfelt and humanizing look at what it means to be someone who just like truly starts to understand the way that somebody else lives. And it yeah. follows, like, this is the first time we saw Charlotte O'Coplay, who I love. Haven't seen him in a couple years. I mean, he's an incredible South African actor. Yeah. And I would love to see him reprise this role. Although if you've seen District 9, you kind of know it's how this a goes. A more complicated request. Yeah. <laughs> little, little complex. But, I mean, the movie, and this is one of the movies on my list that leaves it on a cliffhanger where you're like, and I yeah. think that was meant to be where you're not you're supposed to kind of say you make up what happens next. You know, yeah. he either comes back or he doesn't. Spoiler alert, basically Charlto's uh character befriends one of the aliens and essentially helps him escape off world. And the alien tells him that he's going to return in three years to help basically heal him of an ailment as well as either wage war on Earth or help yeah. his free his people. And I was like I just, it set it up right there. It set it up for something to happen. Now, I don't arguably, know that I want this, but. Arguably like way bigger stakes than like Dune. Wait, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you're like, oh, okay. This like felt like a part one. Like exactly. And you're like, okay, well, so yeah. Exactly. And, you know, maybe you could watch this and then like back to back with like Independence Day and then maybe call it like its own thing. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, so I just think that this is ripe for at least a sequel, if not two more movies. I would love to see what happens because we're left on not just a cliffhanger for like Charlotte's character, but everything 
because yeah. we're, we're left in a space that you're not sure what happens because basically this weapons manufacturer is trying to relocate all the alien species to just make room for other developments and it's really heated and things can only go one of two ways and we don't know what happens and i just want to see more yeah. i want to see what happens with vicus which is um charlotte's character i want to see what happens with christopher who is the alien i want to see if it's a war show me a gigantic alien yeah you know human conflict if it's not show me like the like the heist to get them off world if it's you know if it's any of those things i'm i'm into it yeah and i would love to see neil blomkamp do more He's one of my favorite filmmakers, even though he's really only done four movies. You know, it's pretty insane how much of an impact he made yeah. on me as a filmmaker. And yeah, I'm not 100% sure I want it because District 9, in my mind, is like a perfect one-off movie. Yeah. It's one of those movies I'm like, just go watch District 9. You're going to love it. It's one of those things. But I would be happy if it was a good franchise where we got two or three more, yeah. or like two more movies where we get to see this story unfold more. I mean, they did it with a quiet place. I didn't think that needed more, yeah. but we got like, kind of like, even if we had a prequel to see like where everything kind of happened and the relationship between the prawns. Like it, yeah, exactly. And like the political side of everything and how that kind of worked itself out. I, I would love just to see more of this world, um, which is, I guess what you were talking about earlier. It's the world building of the, of the entire thing. So yeah, so yeah, my number four is District 9. Not sure 100% if I want it to be a franchise, but it it's just, I can't believe it wasn't. I like. would love <laughs> to see District 9 pull a uh, Cloverfield kind of move. District 9 yes. is found footage, right? Yeah. Yes, mostly. Yeah. yeah. Mostly, yeah. I would love to like just be like, here comes this movie, and then, or even I guess you could say like a split kind of thing where it's like you get to the end and it's like, oh, Oh, this is a prequel to District Run. Like this is yes. You know, if you could do a whole thing, if you could do a prequel whole thing where it's like, yeah, something's crash landed in Africa. Yeah, you know, and just like watching the world react to the potential of human, and then at the end, right. it just turns into a. Uh, it's just the prawns. It's like, the prawns, dude, and and I mean, it's so and then interesting. That sets you up for the sequel to District sequel to District Nine. Right, and that's like it's very interesting you bring up Cloverfield because they did a very similar trajectory with their viral marketing and the way that yeah. this movie was found footage about aliens. Like it's one of those things. I'm like, that's, and Cloverfield has been able to capitalize on this kind of franchise, but not franchise type of deal so much better. Like use case of yeah that yeah very interesting and i love what they've done with it so it's it's yeah. so yeah so number 4 is district 9 for me uh i guess that moves us on to number 3 for to you mine number 3 yeah yeah which i've now done the math and that means that your number 1 is going to be the last Ah, uh, okay. We can remember life. that for next time. Yeah. Well, no, we're not doing the snake thing, so like it's true. Yeah. You know, it's chaos. <laughs> so, my number 3 is a movie that I love. Yes. That I'm like this would have to be a hard reboot. You mm. could tie in certain things. You could tie in previous actors in here and there, but I'd want new leads. Um uh. but it is a movie from 1993. <laughs> Called Demolition Man. <laughs> Starring uh, yes. Sylvester Stallone. Oh my God. Uh, and Wesley Snipes as John Spartan and Simon Phoenix. You want to talk about world building. Holy shit. This movie is fucking incredible for that kind of thing. So it's 
I was like thinking about it today. I'm like, it is definitely just like the time traveler, like, you know, guy ends up in the future and there's like this pristine above ground civilization and then like this whole underground thing. But like basically Demolition Man is Sylvester Stallone is a cop who's chasing Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes gets caught and sentenced to being frozen like cryo rehabilitation, I think they call it. And he's basically frozen for 50 years. And like Sylvester Stallone is called the demolition man because of the sheer amount of collateral damage (laughs) that he causes when he's like arresting people. So he also like in all that, he also like gets sentenced to cryo freezing because they're like, you everything up John Spartan. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. This movie's so ridiculous. And I love it so much. So cut to like, I think it's like 2052 or something. Oh, no. You know what? It might be 2024. It might legitimately be 2024 that they go to 2032. Okay. Oh, damn it. But like, you know, and they go to 2032 and uh, John Spartan is thawed out because they thawed out. Wesley Snipes, Simon Phoenix, for a parole hearing, and he escaped and is like wreaking havoc upon the world. So they're like, "Well, we need somebody else from that time period to find unthaw him. this son of a." So thing. they unthaw the other guy, and it's like the future that they've come to is like super pure. Like, there's no swearing. There's no like everyone's. There's no violence. Like, crime is completely stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, the cops are like, you know, kind of just like wander around and do minor violations like there's no murder there's no guns there's no mm-hmm. anything it's hilarious to le- like this is the thing that really makes me want it as a franchise because the level of like seriousness but also like farce that's involved mm-hmm. like if you swear there's a little alarm that goes off that says you have been charged one credit for like I don't remember the exact term, but like for swearing yeah. and like profanity for profanity. And like, it's fucking Sylvester Stallone and he swears every four seconds and of like throughout the entire movie, no matter where he is, it's just go and like just gets charged, <laughs> charged, charged. And it's just like this little thing. that's like hilarious and meta and like amazing. Like all restaurants in the future have become pizza hut. <laughs> like it's like, they're not pizza huts. It's just like Pizza Hut as a company has acquired every other restaurant in the world. So like they go to a really fancy dinner and he's like, where are we going? And they're like, Pizza Hut. It's fucking hilarious. The concept is amazing. Yeah. And like it's so primed for I was saying at the beginning and I don't know if this was on or off pod, but I was saying at the beginning, there's so many Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that have been. Yeah rebooted i didn't want to tip my hand there are also so many sylvester stallone oh my God, movies that Sly, have been yeah and i'm like i just want this one and i like spent so much time chewing on i'm like oh who do i want as like the two leads and i didn't really land on anything yeah. i really like the idea of um uh and I, this is a full reboot this yeah well it's it's so it's one of those things that like you could do it a few years in the future and like have a Sly cameo or Sandra Bullock's also in it. You could have a Sandra. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sandra Bullock's the cameo to like tie it. Totally. In. Yeah. Um, but I really like Charlie Hunnam as it, yeah. you know, has the same kind of like, like it's gotta be a big buff dude. Cause it's like, it's totally. that's the whole concept. Um, yeah. But also I feel like he has like comedic timing of like not taking it too seriously. Right. The really hard question is who to recast uh, Wesley Snipes as, because mm. 
Wesley Snipes is fucking hilarious in this movie. Yeah. He's an 80s dude that's just like a psychopath. And he, but right. he's like chipper, 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 like yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was just like, oh. I toyed, the one I toyed the most with is like, I feel like this would be a really cool realignment for Daniel Craig. Oh, not to like can, whitewash the movie, but I'm like, he's, he I, I think of that, him though. from um, Logan Lucky. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, there's he, like psychopath esque Daniel Craig could be really fucking fun. Oh, he's got um, it. Yeah. Especially in an insane world of Demolition Man. Um, yes. You know, and honestly, I just want the origin of the three seashells. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, but I don't know. That's oh, like, man. that was one of the first ones I thought of. And I, I was it. like, oh my God, Demolition Man. Like, what a fucking movie. Well, I so would good. watch. So, so, and the thing that really sells it is so they have this criminals are frozen thing mm-hmm. that they do and like they kind of wrap it up in the movie, but like that's a concept that you can just continually introduce new antagonists to totally every movie. It's like, totally. oh yeah, we destroyed the, the cryo facility. Well, it turns out the government had a backup one for like the really bad criminals. Yeah. And then you get fucking... Here comes Daniel Craig as like right. the you know, um. So I don't Yo. know. I had a lot of a lot of fun revisiting Demolition Man and like chewing on this, and I'm like, I'm here for it. Give me four of them. Oh give me, God. give me Demolition Men. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's. Can we do this real quick? Uh, yeah. No, that's that's too much work. I, like I looked at my list, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But like, what would the names be of the sequel? Oh these. God! But that's yeah. I <laughs> we'll looked down and I we'll I looked down and I saw that you wrote Inception, and I'm like, there's no like, there's no good answer to that. No, 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 no. Hotter fuzz, arguably. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, of course. <laughs> well, know. some of anyway. these would just be this too, or this. Yeah, true, like true. again, you know. <laughs> Very interesting. I need to revisit Demolition Man. District it's been 10. years. District Ten. Oh God, oh, please man. no. If that happened, dude. <laughs> Re- revisit it revisit demolition man it's so, i have to it's so bad but it's so good like the yeah the world that they build in it and again here we go world building the world that they build is absolutely incredible yeah and that's one of the main qualifiers for these movies it's like do i want to remain here do i want to come back you know and it's not just the characters if we the story. get six movies in and the main actors don't want to do it anymore is there still something there is there something there? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's such a good one. God, man. Yeah. I need to revisit that big time. All right. On to your number three, Josh. All right. So my number three here is- I really is... just want to go watch Demolition Man right now. Like, I got, same, I, I got so worked up. I need then. to- uh, Where is it streaming? Hold on. For all you folks out uh, there. I watched um, it like a year ago. It is streaming on Hulu. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go oh i might watch that tonight to be quite honest um, <laughs> worth it it's just amazing stallone camp it's so oh it's so good it's a so very good. specific genre and yeah. and uh variation it's so good sorry um, we were going on to your number three and then i got excited about demolition man that's okay i got excited about it too uh so my number three is a movie from 1999 uh it's a movie that i had to include something of this genre of caper heist style, but I didn't want it to be too generic. I wanted it to be something that I actually want to go back and watch. I could have put something like Den of Thieves on here that's very clearly mm. set up for something else, but I wanted to do something that I just, it's not just a shoot 'em up action film, and that's um, the the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan um, and Rene Ooh. Russo. 
And the reason that I would like to see more of this is because, again, it's the premise of a thief who is too smart for his own good, who basically is able to, like outsmart the police and himself is just highly highly watchable and rewatchable to the point where i'm like i want to see what happens after but i want yeah. a continuation of the story because you could remake this again with other people like this is a remake of a Stephen sure. queen movie so but i want to see like older brosnan and older Rene russo and yeah. like they're not together anymore and he has to do it because he kept stealing art and like i want a continuation of the story because yeah. spoilers for the thomas crown affair they end up together at the end he returns <laughs> the painting well he actually returns the painting way earlier in the film but you don't know it but it's it's just so it's just so smart because the movie basically is the police running in circles because the painting is 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 still there essentially yeah and so you as the audience are trying to figure out what do they not know what do i not know what does thomas crown know that everybody else doesn't know and then by the end you're like oh it all makes sense and it's a highly repeatable premise but i think that having somebody as charming and as like not necessarily just like handsome for their own good but just somebody who you just believe is this character, which yeah. like Brosnan as Bond, Brosnan as yeah. this character is that. And I was trying to recast it. I'm like, who do you recast in a Pierce Brosnan That's role? Tough. Yeah. Like, who do you do? I, I couldn't even Daniel think. Craig. I mean, Daniel Craig, I did think of. <laughs> I also had someone like Charlie Hunnam yeah. or Idris yeah. Elba or like, you know, um, like if we're going super young, someone like just Henry people Caffel. that could potentially play Bond. Yeah, exactly. People who could play Bond. <laughs> yeah. um, and in the Rene Russo you know, category, it could be anybody, like Ana de Armas. It, basically, people who are in Bond movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Lashana Lynch I had on there as well, Alicia Vikander. And the reason that I think that this would work so well is because it's it's more of a... It's, it's a 100% caper. It's not... Yeah. Let's do a crazy heat shootout at the end or in the middle. Yeah. And, and that's 45 minutes of the movie. It's really dialed into the the nuances of what this this thief is doing with his life and also just how he conducts his life going up against somebody who is of his equal intelligence yeah and and that's just uh, something that we're and it's a reason i love heat too it's it's it works every time yeah. people who are who are equals going up against each other in different fields against each other i love that so much and i just find it entertaining every single time so i would love to see at least one more, if not two more movies. And you could even do like a, a sequel to this in, in present day. And then like, I don't know, one of their children or something. Like, I don't know. There's so much that you could do with this, but I love this movie so much. Like I like it more than the Steve McQueen one because I love Pierce Brosnan. And, um, and yeah, I just, I would love to see more of this world. This is a great, like I'm thinking about this. This is such a, like, I feel like you'd never, peg this for like franchisability but right even like the way you're describing it of hearing of seeing pierce brosnan like back out in the world yeah there's such room for like theme there of like it can turn into like an ageist thing of like yeah young upstarts that are like you know and him trying to prove to himself that he's still got it and like right coming to terms with his old age you know like yep. uh, what i kind of think indiana jones for wanted to be almost totally you know? yeah. uh, but like yeah. but with pierce brosnan yeah. being his pierce brosnan like you know i think short of james bond this is probably one of the main movies that he's yeah. known for totally um, 
I would watch the hell out of this movie. Yeah, and even I'm thinking now it could be, and like this is going way into it, but like him being like the police need his help to catch a new like crop of thieves, but then it ends up if you can in there exactly, but then he ends up like stealing it at the end or something like that. Like there's so much, and it and it can be kind of cheesy and corny, but. But it's that's just the a, Thomas Crown Affair, yeah. It's, it's the Thomas like, Crown Affair, exactly. And I don't know that it would work these days, but I think it would still. I think um, it would be. I think it would be great. <laughs> you know, that's an inspired uh, choice, man. That's thanks. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number three. Is that's the, the second of the in Thomas a row, Crown Affair. second movie in a row starring Dennis Leary? Just putting that out there. It's true. It's true. Yeah, There's something in, there. Yeah, Dennis Leary, man, <laughs> franchise king. Franchise king. <laughs> oh, so that brings us. To your number two choice here, Willis. I'm My very interesting. Very interested, I should say. My number two is a movie. This was literally the first thing that popped in. When we were like, hmm, what movies should be franchises? I was like, I want this franchise since this movie came out. Yeah. And it's really weird. So it's a movie from 1997. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about world building, and it's I, I can think of no better example. And this is a movie by Luke Besson called The Fifth Element. Yes. Like, this movie is so amazing, just across the board in terms of, like, a movie in general. Yeah, incredible. But the world that it builds is so deep. And I was reading a little bit about it. It's because Luke Besson started, like, thinking about how this world was when he was, like, 16 and yeah. made this movie when he was 37. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... A fair amount of time to be chewing on, like, the atmosphere of something. Yeah, to say the least. The design of it, and it does have, like, its issue. Like, it is very much a, a thing of its time. Um, It doesn't have its, like, best relationship with, like, women and things like that. Sure. But the world that it builds is so amazing, and I endlessly want more of it. Yeah. So one of the things I was kind of leaning towards when I was thinking about this, I was like, all right, like, what story would I want from more of this? Yeah. And to go back to the fifth element, you think like when Lilu is created or like however. Yeah. She's basically a god. Yeah. Like to the point that there's like a priest that is like of the religion that that she is a part of. Right. And like played by Ian Holm. But uh, and that's really where I'm like, you could jump forward like another hundred years or something like this because you're not going to get Bruce Willis back for it. Yeah. You know, um, but deep fake. You, well, or minimal part is where I'm <laughs> heading with it. But like, true, true. If you like jump forward a hundred years and like Lulu, who is you know this genetically superior character that is basically a god of like a religion, right? And like would arguably age slower and like could potentially look like Mila Jovovich does now. Yeah, and like just in this world, like. Let's talk about like how how they reacted to like a god being born among the world. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like especially just like with all of the futuristic political stuff that's going on in that movie. And like, yeah. you know, like there is a lot of just like, yeah, like here's, you know, explosions, bad guys, good guys. Sure. Like let's, you know, it's, it's a classic action movie. But I'm just like the world building. I can't get over just like. I don't know, all the different alien races that you could pull in, like all the different worlds that they could do. Like, you know, they go to Floss in Paradise. Like th- there's just so many little details in there 
that I think would be great. And it's in the same kind of vein as Demolition Man. It, it, there is a level of camp to it that plays. Sure. You know, that I'm just like, I would watch a sequel to The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. I would watch The Sixth Element. Ew. Um, the filth, Fifth Elements? <laughs> um, oh God, it would have to be The Sixth Element, wouldn't it? It would have to be. It would have to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've made myself sad now. Oh, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> but like you could just like there's so much that you could build out of this futuristic world that they create. And you have just this pure evil that's still out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I guess they technically pronounce it dead. But like they're, I'm like, yeah, sure. OK, it's like the ultimate evil. You just but I think you could just like play off of such an interesting setup of here's like literally like a Jesus Christ metaphor yeah you know uh yeah and let's see how this futuristic world that is all about peace but like kind of naive and like yeah you know kind of dystopian like let's mm-hmm. see how they react to that right um, Ooh. and the thing i i figure is like okay yeah you said it like 100 years later and like you can get a like an old old corbin dallas in there yeah. that, you know it's just like he's kind of there and like you know it doesn't have to be a big thing, but you can have like a reference to it to be like, yeah, there he is. Um, right. And find, give me more Gary Ullman as Zorg. Yes. I mean, I guess he dies, but like. But like, come on, like. Spoilers. Right around it, script writers. Like, give me one it's, of my favorite Gary Ullman villains of all time. I was going to say, it's been like 25 years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like you can do, you can, people aren't going to be like, well, that doesn't really, you can do, you can work some, you can rework some things there. That's a great pick. Wow. I didn't even think about that one. (laughs) And it's one of those weird things that I'm like, I'm sitting here looking at like this and Demolition Man and I'm like, I guess (laughs) I really want more like set in the future farcical sci-fi. Yeah. But like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, it works. It works so well. And it's something that we've kind of gone completely away from. I mean, we've gone towards full dystopian, like horror sci-fi or lo-fi sci-fi, like stuff yeah. that's really taken more of a realistic, serious tone. And yeah. dude, we need more of more of that stuff, honestly, because it's, it's why not? I mean, I think Dread was close to that, where it's like, yeah. you're- you can have fun with this movie. It's it's dark, but you can have some fun here. Yeah. Um, and it's what the remake of RoboCop completely missed. You know, the camp. Yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah. just didn't well, have that, any of it. Yeah, exactly. Right. That was like one of the other ones that I'm like, there's been a few of these and I'm just like, yeah, that didn't quite oh. hit. And I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't really want Luke Besson to do it. Right. Ooh, uh, who would like, do it though? Oh, that's a tough question. Like short of saying like Denise Villeneuve or like something like yeah, the, all he, the big names in sci-fi right now, but I don't think I don't that's think right. he would do it. Yeah, I don't think he would yeah. do the right thing. I mean, someone like that's Danny Boyle, sell. maybe. Maybe I I I tend to cool on Danny Boyle's yeah on Danny Boyle stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. I like I want to be like Taika or something like that, but like yeah. Paul W.S. No. Anderson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Event Horizon 2. <laughs> oh, man. I should have put Fucking that on my list. God damn it. St- Starship. Uh, well, to not to, to U.S. Anderson, but Peter yeah, v- yeah, yeah. Verhoeven. Uh, Verhoeven, yeah. 
uh, Starship Troopers was on my list. I'm like, yeah, arguably dude. already like a franchise. They've made like five of those movies, but I'm like, let's keep it going. Bring it back to the mainstream and be like, keep it going. Here's some fucking <laughs> real talk, Starship Troopers. But yeah, uh, Verhoeven is one of those directors, man. Who if he, like, holy crap, that guy. He, yeah. he really had something to say and he did it so well. Whatever you think about his movies, it's RoboCop is one of my favorite movies. It is so good. It's yeah. so, it is so good. His, um, his, yeah, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, we're like, getting way his, sidetracked. His films have such a real specific viewpoint that you're just like, yeah. Like, is it full satire? I mean, is I'm just not? like looking through here. I'm like, <laughs> RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Total Troopers, Recall? Hollow Man. Like, yeah. I guess Hallman's kind of the outlier in there. But, um, sure, sure. But it's, you know. Anyway. He's got to. Yeah. He's got to. <laughs> uh, so the fifth element, give Good me shit. more Lilu. Yeah. Give me all the religious, like, give give me, just hit me. Just I, more. I want it. Just I, give, give me, me more. Four. Give me four. Give me like, yes. you know, give me. The, I, I don't know if there's really prequel opportunity there. Because kind of, Fifth uh, Element kind of starts in a prequel kind of world, yeah, uh, with Luke Perry, uh, Aziz Light, but right, um, but yeah, give me but five like more. You could get, I mean, you could get two, three, four deep, and you could just build a wave. Like, I, it's so much. I dig it. I'm, I'm into it. I love that movie. <laughs> Let's go. You're gonna EP uh, the, the Fifth Element series, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. All right, oh. Josh, that'll bring right. us to your number two. My number two here, in sort of the same vein of spookiness there, uh, my number two is a movie from 2007 that I'm also very surprised never got a sequel. I don't think it was incredibly successful critically or financially, but it was one that I remember seeing for the first time uh in my living room, just I think I rented it off Netflix when they still sent us DVDs. And it is uh, a movie called Trick or Treat, which is a Halloween film directed by Michael Ooh. Doherty, who actually is the writer of a couple movies that I love, like Superman Returns and X2. Uh, he also directed uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is the latest, not the latest Godzilla movie, but the one before that. Yeah, not versus Kong. Yeah, exactly. Um, this movie is an anthology horror a film that centers around a town and three stories that just take place on Halloween night. They kind of connect just because they all take place in the same place on the same night, but they're not really necessarily connected. There's, there's some connective Mm -hmm. tissue there. The stories themselves are contained and I don't think they need to be explored that much more, but this idea and the world that he was able to create, again, we're going back to world building and the vibe and the tone that he was able to create and curate through this film is just one that I've never been able to get away from. I mean, this is a movie that I don't revisit a lot of movies every year. This is one that I revisit every Halloween because I I just enjoy it a lot. Three different shorts that are pretty different in terms of what happens in each of them, but they also, like, they kind of toe the line between folklore, urban legend, and creating kind of its own lore with its own monsters and its own stuff. There's stuff about vampires in there, but there's also stuff about this character called Sam, which is essentially this... I don't know if it's a child or not. It's a monster, essentially, that is in the shape of a child with a head that looks like a jack-o'-lantern. And it, there's a uh, the short with Brian Cox is, uh, is one of the more terrifying ones that is in this film. And... I just think that the way he was able to craft this 
I don't want to say vibe again, but this like aura of yeah. I, it doesn't feel like a, a like a typical slasher or a typical monster movie or a typical haunting movie, which is hard to do. I mean, one to make a novel um, horror movie, but but also a novel movie that's that takes place on Halloween. I mean, those are two things that are. Yeah. You know, they've been done to death and he was able to find some way in 2007 to make this work again. And in the age of anthology series, you know, the VHS series Southbound, we've got um, not just like uh, American Horror Story, but, you know, I go on about Love, Death and Robots and Black yeah. Mirror. I, this is something that as people's attention spans get shorter and shorter, these are going to do better and better. And I think yeah. that a commercially and theatrically like uh released film like this would actually do well now because it's not a ponderous three-hour batman movie it's a movie <laughs> that you can just go be scared for an hour and a half and watch three separate movies technically in an hour and a half period of time and yeah i just i i enjoy this movie quite a lot i don't know how well it holds up these days sure. because i think i just have an affinity for it but I love the anthology. I think you could do this easily in the same town, in a different town, obviously t making it take place on Halloween, but having it be different lore because they're two of the stories are pretty contained in, in what they're it basically it's stories that have happened in the town that the people are telling other people about. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I love this movie. It's really spooky. They use pretty much nothing but practical effects also, which I'm like, yes, <laughs> do it. Why not? It's, it's horror. You shouldn't have to have VFX at all for this to work, you know? And yeah, I mean, That's of course awesome. there's, there's homages to like Carpenter in there, but for the most part, it feels very its own thing. Sure. And I, people come back to this. I mean, I recommend this to people and they're like, yeah, this is very much its own deal, which it's not a James Wan movie. It's not, you know, a Flanagan joint. It's, it's its own thing that doesn't have a place in the culture, but it should. And I really wish that he did nice. more of this stuff. So trick or treat nice. is my number two here. Trick or treat. Um, I feel like, I don't know why I feel like that just came across my radar like a couple days ago for something. Mm. Like you, you said that and I went, wait, but well, I mean, written, I haven't seen it. I'm, you know, me and my, yeah, my horror yeah. movies, but um, it's not in your wheelhouse at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But really, really, I mean, it's got Quinn Lord, Anna Paquin, Dylan Baker, um, Brian Cox. There's a lot of like big yeah. names in here, and yeah, it's just a. It, personally, it's one of my favorites. So, would nice. love to see it into, made into a franchise at some point. Um, so yeah, and now, nope. yes, here we are. Here we are. The big moment. My number one. I don't know how this hasn't happened oh i don't i'm like sitting here thinking i'm like given this world that we live in today i don't know how this hasn't at least i haven't heard anything about anything about this my number one is a movie from 1988 called beetlejuice oh dude yes where how? is beetlejuice like where where is it like where there How is a broadway show there is sure. a broadway beetlejuice broadway show like sure but i'm like how on earth was something as successful as beetlejuice was and as like contained in pop culture mm -hmm. you can say beetlejuice 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 to like four-year-olds and they know what you're talking they about. understand it yeah i haven't tested that but like I, you know like it's beetlejuice like how has there not been anything about a sequel to this and it was a it's Burton brilliant. film, like, and it's a Burton film. It's Michael Keaton, Michael at Keaton, his best. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's Michael Keaton and Tim Burton. It's like 
everything we hear about Batman, which like given other, but like that was like the same team from like the same time period. Yeah. And there's just like nothing about like, oh yeah, like where's Beetlejuice? How that actually it's is astounding to me. me. How does that not pop? How did that not happen? Wow. It's wild to me. And especially like it's so easily set up. You know what I mean? Like there yeah, are so many yeah. rules in that world of just like I like I said at the top, like a la Jumanji. It's like, oh yeah, here's you know, the um like I, I think the rule in Beetlejuice is he can only inhabit like um oh I'm not gonna remember the exact terminology, but like artificial spaces, which is why he's in like the the model town so often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like, you know, somebody new moves into the house. They're like they sell the model and it goes to a pawn shop and somebody buys it. Like the the setup is easy. It writes itself, literally. It writes itself. <laughs> and like it's Beetlejuice. Do you know how many people would line up for Beetlejuice? Dude, it just you saying that. Like, yes, right? I'm a hundred percent. Sign me up. I've got pre-sale tickets. Like, this let's whole go. Time, I'm just like, where, how, how, how is nothing here? I don't know. That's understand. a genius pick. Yeah. Wow. I went, I went down a really deep rabbit hole and I want to ask you this, Michael Keaton or new person? I mean, with a character like that, like I would love to see, I, I would want it to be Michael Keaton again. Like I really would. Like you mean recasting Beetlejuice? Mm-hmm. I would want it to be Keaton. I think he could still do it. Obviously, I mean he's more active now than he was. Like you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Let me. Let me. So, I have been arguing with myself. This is one of the also one of the first ones that popped into my head. That was just like, how am I? Not obviously, yeah. How? Yeah. Um, I would. I would want to go with Keaton again. I think. I think he's. Yeah. In his prime, the issue for me becomes like an argument of like why he's older. I mean, do you know makeup and what you can't really yeah. tell, you know, like I guess it's one of those things. I'm like, well, what's harder to explain an older Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice or like a different character a different, as Beetlejuice? That wouldn't go over super well. <laughs> so but I will say I put my I put myself to task. I was like, OK, if it's not going to be Michael Keaton, who's it going to be? Who would it be? It's such an impossible question. Yeah. I went through so many actors. And the one I landed on, and I still, I'm like, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm like. Ooh. The one I landed on Ooh. is Sam Rockwell. Oh. Sam Rockwell's Beetlejuice would be a sight to behold. I can see that. Yeah. I think a lot of his work in like Seven Psychopaths and things like mm-hmm. that. I think he's he's got the potential for that. Crazy, totally, yeah. And it's weird because I watched like a bunch of I didn't watch the whole movie, but I watched a bunch of like Beetlejuice clips, and I made myself really sad because there are a lot of parts to Michael Keaton's performance of Beetlejuice that are very Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's ve- like, it's not, <laughs> I know I hate it. I hate it. And I'm like, oh, never, Lord but I'm like, heaven. if I was like a studio exec and I was like, you know, what's going to make us a billion dollars. It's Ryan Reynolds in a Beetlejuice movie. And, but it's like oh. one of those, I don't think he'd pull it off. And I think no one would go see it. I think it would bomb so spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. Because people would be like, nope. But yeah, 
Sam Rockwell, man. I'm like, I could get behind that. That's a choice right there. That's a choice. Pop after this, after we record this episode, pop on YouTube and watch some Beetlejuice clips and like, yeah, vibe Mm. of it. It's, it's something else, but like, it's give me Beetlejuice, man. Give me, give me rebooted Beetlejuice. I I want it so bad. And I was just looking it up. It cost $15 million to make that movie. Yeah. And it grossed $80 million. I'm like, dude, you know, obviously may, might cost a little more these days, but the like, whole not by much. in a house. I know. Just do, just get Burton back. Get Del Toro. Get somebody who's good with practical Del sets. Del Toro is toy yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm like, because <laughs> yeah. I don't think Burton would do it again. Probably not. Probably I feel not. like it's not his vibe anymore. I feel like he's changed a lot, but man. It's Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. That'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah, that's a great choice. I don't know how that didn't even like cross my mind, but that's that's like one of the only picks here. Like obviously it's like, it's like the how yeah, it's like one of the huge things in pop culture that you're just like, where yeah. is this? Everyone everyone knows Beetlejuice. Like everyone. Everyone, every age group's gonna line up for it. Even if you've never seen it, you know what it is. Like that's wow, wow, great pick, interesting, crazy. I'm gonna be thinking about who could play a, a good. I know, who and could it just keeps Keaton. like more people just keep coming, and you're like, yeah. But could they do it like him? Mm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, all right. It's it's vaguely Joker esque. I know. Which I'm trying to not put anybody who's ever played Joker into. Well, that that's category. the thing. I'm like Heath Ledger would do an amazing. Oh, he would be incredible. Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's unavailable. Uh, True. But I'm also like, get freaking, uh, what's his name? Morbius there as far, Jared Leto as far away from this as possible. Like, Oh, get, yeah. Just, you know, and I don't him. even like um, Joaquin Phoenix for it. No, I don't think he would it's be different. right at all. You know what I mean? Like it's, no, but it's, a, it's that caliber of. Yeah, you have to you have to not only disappear th- I, into a role, yeah. but the thing also the qualifier I'll say is like, yeah, I want Michael Keaton, but you're not signing Michael Keaton for two or three Beetlejuice movies. No, no, oh, maybe. Although he's reprising. Yeah, I say Batman. that out loud. I'm like, yeah, he's back as Batman, and he was in the MCU. So I'm like, he's not afraid of these types of projects. Yeah. So hmm, I don't know. Keaton's a very interesting. Well, I'll ponder that, and, and I, yeah. I want to come up with some alternatives there. Very interesting. Wow, good choice. These are All some right, good Josh. fucking choices, man. Let's bring it home, man. Let's bring it home. Uh, Josh Fuller's number one make this a franchise movie. So what my number got? one is yet another movie that I'm like, how did this not become a franchise? Not because there's so much backing lore to it, but also it's just a really good, fun, rewatchable movie. And it's uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Yes! Um, what a good choice. Dude, I rewatched it this weekend because I was like, this is going to be on my list. So I need to just rewatch it again because it's been like a year and a half since I've since I've watched it. And uh, my God, man, this is such I a good movie. I love that movie so much. Such a good movie. And the reason is because this is subject matter that could be really dry. It could be really not watchable in a, in a historic way. But yeah. the way that Peter Weir is able to do this is... Like it, it feels like the the parts that I enjoy about Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't love those movies, but I think that the part, the the actual 
on the sea, the high seas battling. That's what I love about the Pirates movies, and that's all this movie is, is that practical effects all the way around. Yeah, there's some blue screen in there, but for the most part, like you're seeing things get torn to shreds, people in the water. Um, Obviously, stars Russell Crowe. I would want the whole cast to come back, to be quite honest, because the characters that he's... Bettany... Probably my favorite Bettany. Like you have to have at least those two, yeah. At least because they're the two, like the two characters that the whole story hinges on. And honestly, like the the character building in this movie is so masterfully done because by the end of it, you care about everyone on yeah. the ship. Like, how is that done? That's yeah. that hasn't been done. Well, that's been done before, but it, it in this type of historical drama film. It's so hard to do that where you're like, yeah, and, I remember Aubrey. I remember and his the name. Deaths, <laughs> yeah, the deaths that happen in that movie yeah. like, are like you, devastating. You care about them because you know yeah. you got to know them, you know? Yeah. And like when spoilers again, wait, I shouldn't keep saying that because spoilers for all this, but when when you think that potentially Paul Bettany's character might die, like yeah. that's one of the most and like they they reroute everything for him, and that's when you know that his character means so much to Russell Crowe's character because you're like this, it's just it's just a great film, um, and it's also highly watchable too. It's that's another one of those things. And there's 20 books in this series where I'm like, show yeah. me more of Captain Aubrey's like voyages. And again, historical accuracy, I don't care that much about when it comes to this stuff. Like I'm not a history buff, so I don't sure. know who knows. I'm sure there's they're taking such liberties with the way that they dealt with people and the way that they talked and stuff like that. I'm well, sure it was sure. much more yeah. brutal and harsh. But I mean, it is such a watchable film in and I just love the intricacies of, you know, naval battle in the eighteen hundreds. It's just one of those things. Yeah. And oh, oh my God, man. man. Such That's a good such movie. Such a good choice. I love that movie. I watch that movie all the time. It's oh. so good. That's one of those movies <laughs> that I remember like seeing it and like watching it and being like, I feel like this movie has no business being as good as it is right now. Right? And I feel like it's like maintained that mentality. Like to like yeah. the general observer, people are like, oh, is that like I don't know, it's like ships or right. And I'm like, no, it, no. like all the like <laughs> Amazing. I, I yeah. love that movie. That's such a good choice. Yeah. And again, I would want everyone to reprise their roles. If you couldn't do it, I saw. It has been a hot minute since that movie came out. I know. And Russell Crowe is, I think, 70 at this point. But honest, like, it would be hard to. It's one of those movies that I'm like, I wish they continued it at the point of time. Yeah. That's yeah, just what I wish. It's a 2003 movie. That's... Yeah, it's 20 years old. I, I don't, like, I, I wouldn't want them to recast if they did. Like, I could see Russell Crowe's character. I have no idea. I don't think you can. Paul Bettany, I'm like, I could see, like, a Tom Hiddleston in that role or, like, a Paul, or like a, sure. um, a Robert Pattinson even. But I yeah. don't know. I don't know who you'd cast as, as Captain Aubrey. I just don't. Like, I think weird thing, Russell Crowe uh, is him. <laughs> weird thing, like, a bunch of just, like, children in that movie that you yeah. be like, yeah, let's like come back and like cover yeah. them when they. Yeah. That are all compelling that you care about. Like when the one again, spoilers, but one of them dies, you're like, Holland, Oh yeah, my when Holland God. Jumps off the, yeah. the boat. Cause he thinks he's like a curse. Yeah. Devastating. Like it, it's, it's well, well him, 
you know, when the mast falls over and they have to cut the mast loose and he's mm-hmm. trying to swim to the mast. I mean, when, when like in the final battle, when one of the kids ends up getting shot during the battle and like, it's, it's all of these and each yeah. character gets their moment to each death gets their moment where you really care and you feel something for them. And it's just, it's a wonderful movie. I, everybody should go watch this movie. It's so, so good. Um, Would you yeah. worry about getting more master commander? at this point like would you worry if someone went this could be a franchise because there's a bunch of books about it because like in 2022 yeah that's the only hesitation i have i'm like this movie's so good yeah but saying like yeah we're gonna do this one and then we're gonna do three more has the potential (sighs) to get it i don't know not I, to like I know damper your number one choice there, but like, well, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't think like if they had, if they had done a sequel yeah. a year and a half later, I would have been a hundred percent about it. And it's Peter Weir coming back, the whole cast coming back, just doing another one of his excursions. I'm in. Um, yeah. I think that it's not, I mean, unless they do it really poorly, I can't see that it's going to go badly. It's just, it's one of those movies today. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want them to continue it because I think that that era in time is when sure. this movie should have been made. Because now it'd be all green screen, you know. All Peter CGI Weir has only done one movie since then, which is uh, the Way Back in 2010. So oh. he did Master and Commander in 2003. Yeah, and then he did the Way Back in 2010, and that is all. Very interesting. Which okay. is really interesting because you go back even further and you're talking about the Truman Show and yeah. Dead Poet Society and like like absolute classics. Like yeah, <laughs> very interesting, huh? I wonder if he's just like re- full on retired. I think he's like yeah. I mean, I've he done must a lot. be. Yeah, like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm no Ridley Scott here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. I, I, it's one of those movies, and I'm like, I would love to see more because I just love this movie so much. Yeah, but. Would it do a service or disservice to it? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know. Um, but, but yeah, that's I just, such a good pick. That's I. God, like, I want so, so much, much fun. More of this, yeah, <laughs> it's so much fun. Such a good movie. Yeah, and it, it leaves it not on a cliffhanger, but it leaves it on like a yeah, and we're off to do the next. And thing. here we and go. You're yeah, like, let's keep moving. Let's go. Just continue. Well, do two more hours. Let's go. You know. So yeah, Master and Commander is my number one here, and uh, that's and, yeah. wild. That brings right. us home, guys. All right, so run us through your list there, Josh. Start with your runners-up yep. and come all the way up. Sure. So uh, my number two runner-up is Jumper. My number one runner-up is a cross between Tenet and Inception. My number five choice is District 9. Number four is Hot Fuzz. Number three is the remake of The Thomas Crown Affair. Number two is Trick or Treat. And number one is Master and Commander, uh, The Far Side of the World. And what about you, Willis? What are your All right, so my second runner-up was The 13th Floor. My first runner-up is Source Code. My number five, much to my sadness, is The League of Extraordinary (laughs) Gentlemen. Uh, oh. God, I, I hate that I love it. Um, <laughs> my number four is Colossal. My number three. And my number one. Dude, these are some good. That's, these are like, how did they not make franchises? Yeah. How did they not make a franchise out of any of these 14 movies? How? It's wild. 
That's to insane. be fair, I intentionally did not Google any of this, so there could be like a TV show or sequel coming to any of these. That I'm True, I didn't. Of. Yeah, I didn't really look into it either. But I feel pretty confident that there's not I, on any I of them, except I yeah. think there is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is like, yeah, there's the one that actually has <laughs> something movie. coming of our entire list. Great, awesome, wonderful. Um, yeah, um, but you know, it's how it goes. So there sometimes. we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. wild. What a list. Yeah, man. This is good This sucks stuff. because there are currently like five movies that I want to be like, all right, I'm going to go watch this real quick. I know. Like both of our lists, I'm like, oh, I should fire that up right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right. Well, let's bring it home. Uh, we're not going to do any recommendations this week because no. we just recommended six, yeah. seven. Well, I'll say six because don't go watch The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, hey, it's been on two of your megapixels lists now. People have to watch it. No, you, they no, you don't. They, they just no. you know. <laughs> no, go watch something else. I swear. <laughs> what if you watch every movie on our recommendation list on Letterboxd? Mm, yeah, you're allowed to go watch The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Only then, only when you've watched yep. all what a hundred and um, it would now be six movies. Yeah, and you have to do a letterbox list and show us your diary so that we know that you've watched every single movie. That's the only way. Yep. And then you can watch it. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. Um, and even then... Uh, even then, you shouldn't, but you uh, know. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to do recommendations, so let's just bring it home and talk about where yeah. you can find us online. Josh, yes. where can you find... Where can where can people find you? Where are you on the internet? Where am I? I am I'm. I? <laughs> who even am I? Tell me. Tell me your username, <laughs> If you want to find me on the internet, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Fuller thirty three. Fuller is spelled with no e. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J Fuller on Letterboxd. You will find everything that I watch on a day to day basis. And where can people find you on the internet, Willis? So you can find me. On Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd, at WillisFilm. <laughs> I say this every week, but I do have way more intention of becoming way more engaged with Letterboxd. Um, I'm going to get on it, guys. I feel like I'm going to, I got to, I'm going to go in, you know what? This is, this is a pact. I'm going to go in and um, do at least all seven of these ones that I've just, uh, described here before this episode comes out i'm setting myself okay deadlines because otherwise i'm just gonna be like yeah letterbox totally and then yeah i'll do it <laughs> i'm active um, on there once a year so yes you can find me on instagram twitter and letterbox at willis film and if you nice. want to find the podcast you can find us on instagram at pixel splitters you can find us on twitter at pixel split pod you can find us on facebook at pixel splitters and you can yeah. find us on letterbox at Pixel Splitters, where you can find all of our recommendations and all yes. of our top fives. All of these ones we will do. Josh will do a special <laughs> should be franchises list of yes. all of these and uh, go watch all 13 of them. Yes, please do. Good stuff all around. Yes. I mean, if amazing. we want them to be more of if we want more of it, it's going to be something to watch. So come on. I maintain I still can't believe how Beetlejuice doesn't exist. Like, that's one that I, I I can't believe I actually it can't absolutely believe it. boggles my mind yeah it's and wild. I also can't believe I didn't put it on my list although I'm glad that I didn't because you did so we got to talk about it I am very it. impressed that we didn't over like I, I was 
I didn't think we would, but I, it was always possible. You never know. I, I tried to purposefully go with ones that I thought you might not do. True. Um, but also, you know, it is what it is. We're, we're, we're finding where our tastes kind of split, um, even though we both love all of these movies, so I don't think that's I, applicable I legit, here. <laughs> I would never in a million years have thought of it, but I legit wanted uh, Thomas Crown Affair too. Dude, same. Right now. That's same. so inspired. I'm like, <laughs> same. so good. With that theme song too. Oh, dude. Oh, my oh. God. But like a Bros- remix? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And I want it to be today though, like present day. Yeah. Like I oh, want it yeah, to be yeah, now. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Stealing yes. like a Banksy or something. Yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a, you know, we'll, we'll open up a petition. Maybe they'll get a Thomas Crown there Affair. Maybe it's already in the works. I haven't looked it up. You never I know. I mean, <laughs> the thing we really have to say is like, oh, we're going to go out and do it ourselves. Um, sure. But I don't see myself writing a script for a Thomas Crown. Should we like Ooh. tag team write a sequel to like on spec to Thomas Crown Affair? And then just like see what happens. I We've mean, never written anything before. I don't know how that would no time like the present no time like the present. interesting thing to chew on interesting thing to chew on okay all right guys all right that'll bring us home that'll yep. be the end of megapixels hey we're into yep. our second year of doing these movies officially movies. podcasts yeah. now sure uh, podcasts about movies you know that's pretty sweet um, <laughs> yeah thank you to all of our dear listeners who have been with us for a long time yeah if you're new welcome we love you tell yeah. us about what movies you like and um yeah. We'll, yeah we'll keep them coming we will did you see men by alex garland because if you did i would love to talk about it with I you because holy hell no, no. <laughs> well i saw have, chip and dale me. rescue rangers That's so a good dm me about chip and dale <laughs> dm josh about men uh and that pretty much sums up our taste in movies so <laughs> yes yes uh all right that'll do it josh as always my man this is awesome I love yeah. doing this show with you. Me too, dude. Me too. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>